I'm going to talk about this and it's going to be in a series. And this is the mind of God, not just for Grace Assembly, for the body of Christ at large. And the message is this, to get the best of God, get into the rest of God. I want you to understand what this message is about. We've been getting some of God, but the best of God is still available. Will somebody say amen? amen? The word best and the word rest has only one letter that's different. Best of God, rest of God. Just the first alphabet. So when you get the best of what you want to get the best of God, if you get into the rest of God, you're so close to it. And the scripture says, Hebrews 4 verse 6b, the Passion Translation says, the fact. Thank God I'm a lawyer. The fact. A fact is something proven, incontrovertible. The fact still remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life. There's a life like that. And experience the fulfillment of the promise. The promise is God wants us to have his best. The access point is to get into the rest of God. Which is something a lot of us don't know much about. Father, this morning I'm grateful to you that you entrust me with a very, very present word for the church. We thank you for how much we have seen of God and we know of God. But there's so much more and the best of you is still available. Let Grace Assembly, by this word, be one of the first few churches to access this thing that has been around, but nobody access the best of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for a listening ear for everybody. I pray for an open heart for everybody so that we will not be where God used to be. We should be where God is. And the name of the Lord be glorified and the best of God will be our experience in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen and amen? Help me look at somebody and say the best of God is still available for you. Touch yourself say the best of God is my portion. God help me get into the rest of God. So shall it be in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I am going to ask you to please, like never before, pay attention. Because I don't want anybody to be left behind. I want you to stay with me on Wednesday and next Sunday. This is not touch and go. This is make a break point. You either remain where you are or you mount up with wings and soar high. I know you will in Jesus name. Now the fact remains that we still have the opportunity, the window may be closing, the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience it. The fulfillment of that promise. May we not live all our lives and taste only a tiny fragment of the, of the things of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to read Exodus 33 verse 14 to you. And there the Bible says, this is Jehovah speaking, and he said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I like the amen, but I prefer your understanding. To the children of God, the tribe of Israel, God spoke to Joshua and said, tell them, my presence will go with you. And the result is, I will give you rest. That's the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, Matthew 11 verse 28, Jesus said, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And what did he say? And I will give you rest. Six words. And, and I will give you rest. Verbatim. Exactly the same words. In the same order. In times past and in the present continuous. There must be something to this. It says if my presence go with you. I will give you rest. Jesus said, if you come to me, I will give you rest. My question is, where is the rest? What is this rest? It's not sleeping. It's not being dormant. No. Rest is to become and in a place where you are full of patient expectation of the fulfillment of everything God said. This rest is not about slouching. No, 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 no. It's not about dozing. No, no, no. It is to be in a place of calm. In the midst of whatever it is. People don't know that one of the ways you should identify a Christian is how calm they are in a storm. Jesus was sleeping in the boat. It is to be calm and to be full of patient expectation. Can somebody help me say patient expectation? The Bible says, cast not away your confidence that has great recompense of reward. Haven't done the will of God. It says, be patient to receive the promise. A lot of us are anxious. There's unrest all over the place. You're going to find out something today. This rest is not about being dozy. This rest is neither about laziness or indolence. It is not about dormancy and it's not about being in a state of being unproductive and hiding behind the gospel. No, 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 no. It's just a calmness in the place of unshaking expectation patiently knowing in whom you have believed. Will somebody say amen? Now, I want you to listen to me as I Relax in the United States. And I didn't contact anybody. I just stayed in my brother's home. Had a nice car. And just drive, eat, and just chill. And the Lord says, I literally forced you to come and rest in me. I said, what does that mean? He said, if I didn't allow a lot of things to happen, you will not be in this state. I'm going to show you why you can choose to rest or you can be made to rest. One of the ways you are made to rest is when you are sick. Have you noticed when you are on the hospital bed, you read your Bible. You listen. May God not force us to rest. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The kind of rest me I went was jollof rest. May God give us that kind of rest. Amen. Now I check the word rest because I have never been this road before. I am on the learning path. I'm just a few steps ahead of you by the grace of God. And I checked the word rest. And I found out the word rest in the Strong's Dictionary of the Bible is the, is the word Noah. N-U-A-H. And Noah also means rest. So if you look up at that, when the Lord said in Genesis 33 verse 14, it says, I will give you rest. If you check that word rest, in the Strong's Dictionary, it's the word Noah. I said, Noah? I went to the word Noah and I checked the Olive Enhanced Strong's Dictionary. It's up on the screen. And it says that Noah is the same as rest. Noah, the patriarch of the flood, Noah. The last one says Noah is equal to Noah is equal to what? I said what? So the name Noah means rest. There must be something about this Noah I need to find out because God was talking about rest. And if you know the story of Noah, Noah was separated from all of humanity and saw the best of God to limits unbelievable. That name was not an accident. That's in the Old Testament. But I also found out that in the New Testament, there was another man who rested on the Lord Jesus Christ. And his own experience to is second to none. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. You're in for a feast today like never before. Glory to God. Let me first deal with Noah. In the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, let every word be established. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you without any shadow of that, you cannot get the best of God if you refuse to get into the rest of God. Human nature does not rest. Rest is something that you cannot achieve if you do not trust. If you do not wait. If you are not sure, you will not rest. Rest is not automatic. Jesus says, come and learn from me. You cannot rest because you want to rest. You have to learn how to rest so that you can get the best of God. We will get the best of God in Jesus' name. Genesis 6 and verse 8. I want to move a little quickly. Are you with me? I want you to go home and play this thing over again. I want you to share it because a lot of us, particularly in Nigeria, where we need the rest the most. Everything around us wants to make us be in a perpetual state of unrest. And as long as you're there, you can't get the best of God. Genesis 6 and verse 8. Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hello? Noah found grace. I thought grace is a New Testament dispensation. Hello? Don't you understand why I sound confused? Noah found grace that people are talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Noah found it a long time ago in the presence of God. In the evaluation of God. Noah was already a man enjoying the New Testament grace. Ah, Olua, do, do not pass me by, Jesus. You can read that statement like 
instead of saying Noah, because Noah is equal to rest, you can say like this, but rest found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So if you don't rest, how do you find grace? Noah, rest. Long before Jesus found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to say, come with me as we examine the man called rest. As we examine a life. It's like, can you remember that the whole of the earth, God had a problem with every human being. But only the man called rest found grace in the sight of God. If God has a problem with the world today and you are not a man of rest, will you qualify? Come on now, I want to feel you. If I took this message around the United States of America, I probably won't come back. But I came back because you're special. You're going to see what will happen. Genesis 7 and verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. Then the Lord said to Noah, or rest, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you're righteous before me in this generation. Please stop there. I have seen that you're righteous before me. What did he do? You know, I search the Bible. There's nothing written in the Bible about what Noah did. Noah found grace in the sight of God. And God says, come into the ark because I've seen you're righteous. You see, the person that can rest in God is so intimately loved by God, he's just going to set you apart. Period. The Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you alone. Nobody else. How is it that nobody else came close? Because they were practicing all kinds of things, they didn't understand rest. I'll explain how rest works. Come into the ark and all your household, because I've seen that you're righteous before me in this generation. May God pick us in our generation in Jesus' name. And in verse 5, let's go to verse 5. And Noah, listen to this, did according to all that God, the Lord, commanded him. There's something about rest. When you rest in God, whatever God tells you to do, whether you understand it or not, whether it is popular or not, whether you just do it. One of the ways you know people that don't rest in God is they don't hear God. And even when they hear God, they don't obey there was nothing called an ark before this man. There was no precedence for it. And yet, he did exactly what God said. How many of us can do exactly what God said? And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Verse 17 to 18. Stay with me. Now the flood, according to the word of the Lord, was on the earth 40 days. The Lord said to him, it will be 40 days and 40 nights. I will flood the earth. And now the flood actually was on the earth 40 days. And the water increased and lifted up the earth. And it rose very high above the earth. When something moves very high to an unreasonable level, your cognitive senses of security and safety begins, begins to be challenged. It is a place where you will stop resting. <laughs> oh, verse 18. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the earth moved about. 
rocks. Think about that. Moved about on the surface of the water. The surface of the water covered the whole earth. So the moving around was not sailing. It was turbulent. The waters were a lot. There was nothing to break the wind. You see, when the wind is blowing, it becomes a hurricane when there nothing to break the wind. And at that point in time, the water had covered everything on the face of that. So the wind had a free flow. The wind could gain speed. Nothing could slow it down. And the only thing the wind could hit was the ark. So this man who built an ark on dry land when there was no water, there was nothing to make it sensible, got into the ark, rested in the ark. The ark rose to levels he didn't believe possible. Mount Kilimanjaro is one and a half kilometers tall thereabout and went beyond that. And all his cognitive senses were challenged. He was not even a sailor. I have been on a sailboat and I had to take some tablets on a, on a cruise sailboat that is state of the art that could deal with everything. I had to take a tablet for not so that I won't be throwing up. This act was not like that. It didn't have an engine. It was subject to the elements. It rose to heights unbelievable. And the wind and the crosswinds of life. You go to Third Mainland Bridge on a windy day. Even your car will be shifting. You were in one ark made of just wood. No technology. And moved about on the surface of the water. But the man rested in God. Can you deal with that? He didn't rest on the ark. He was resting on the Lord. Come with me to chapter number 8. I'm going to read verses 13 to 16. The Lord said it was going to be 40 days and 40 nights. And that's one month and how many days? 40 days is what? One month and 10 days. Now that's what I would expect. If the Lord says you'll be in the ark, the water will cover the earth 40 days. Look at what happened. And it came to a pass in the 601st year. But let me first give you a background to that. When Noah entered the ark, he was 600 years old. He was expecting 40 days and 40 nights in the ark. Look at what happened. And it came to pass in the 601st year. What does that tell you? One year had passed. And in the first month of the 601st year, and on the first day of the month, New Year's Day as it would be, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. Let's go on. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Which means... 40 days and 40 nights passed, he was in the ark. One year passed, he was in the ark. In verse 13, it says, on that day, the thing was dry. But still in the second month, he was still in the ark. On the second month, on the 27th day of that month, the earth was dry. Verse 15. It was then God spoke to Noah. I thought my journey was 40 days and 40 nights. One year after, God didn't speak. When on the first day of the 601st year, the ground was dry. He didn't come out of the ark. 
Verse 14 says, in the second month, on the 27th day, the ground was dry. He didn't come out of the ark. It was then, in verse 15, that God spoke to Noah, saying what? Verse 16. Go out of the ark. You and your wife and your sons and your son's wife with you. What kind of man can relate with God like this? Who does not rest in God? How long can you be still? God promised 40 days the rain. One month and 10 days, one year later. He sent the first dove at one, one year. The dove didn't come back. No, the dove came back. Nowhere to land. He sent the second one. That one came back, but he didn't come out of the ark. Can I ask you something? Why is it that we take decisions based on doves and other things of the world and not the voice of the Lord? The Lord came back with an olive branch. He didn't come out of the ark until God, who said, go into the ark, said, come out of the ark. He didn't come out of the ark. The earth was already dry. If you want the best of God, you better get into the rest of the What Noah got was not an accident. God knew this man was rested on him. I'm going somewhere. In verse 18, let's go to verse 18. The Lord said, God, right. So, the word means consequently. It was only on that, not his reasoning, not his permutation, that Noah now went out. And his sons and his wives and his son's wife went with him. Hello. Chapter 9, verse 1. What is the result? Read with me. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Give me verses 8 to 9. The result to get the best of God is to prove that you rest in God. No matter what. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons saying with him, saying with him, saying, Then God spoke to Noah and and to his sons with him, saying to them, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Which means your generations will be blessed. Not because you're a Christian. Because it is proven that you rest in God. If you want the best of God, the message from heaven is get into the rest of God. The word, name Noah was chosen. It means rest. Would you have rested in God if you were asked to build an ark? On dry land, it's like building an ark in the middle of, of Quara State. An ark that needs it, an Atlantic Ocean to float. Would you have built the ark? How do you build an ark if you don't rest in the person who said you should do it? Or would you, or if you had been in the ark for a whole year, will you rest? 
A lot of people can rest for 40 days and 40 nights. Once they extend past that, what happens? You jump out of the ark. Just like now, would you rest in God so that you can also enjoy the best of God? Now, let me tell you about Noah. All he could see was water. He couldn't see God. The waves, the winds, the crosswinds were going on. 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says, no, it wasn't a dove he first said. He sent a raven first. I think after about 60 days or so, he sent a raven. <laughs> Nothing happened. Then after one year, he sent uh, a dove. A raven is a bed of prey. <laughs> the dove came back, nowhere to land. He sent the second one. He came back and yet the man who rested in God waited for the God who told him to build the ark, who kept him in the ark until God said come out of the ark. He didn't come out of the ark. All he could see was water. Noah couldn't see the end of the voyage. But he still, he rested in God. I'm speaking volumes to a lot of people. This is where you're getting it wrong. If you want the best of God, this, I'm talking about the key to the kingdom that nobody has spoken about. Jesus says, your name is Peter, upon this truth I will build my church and again, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. The key of resting in God is a super key. It is so impressive to God. You know, listen to me. If Noah was even listening to God, how did he deal with his wife? His wife would have started questioning him. Noah, at least you said it was 40 days and 40 nights. His daughters-in-law may have started despairing and said, Well, when I married your son, I didn't sign up for this. When you rest in God, not everybody will agree with you. God help us. <laughs> Because they were going on, he sent the raven. Wrong kind of bird. Ah, may people not make us make mistakes. <laughs> then he sent the dove, and the dove returned without good news. Just because your good news seemed to be delayed, does that mean you should stop resting in God? Noah still chose to rest in God. Now, oh, I'm just using my imagination, the wife, the daughters, and all. now his sons who were trying to macho for a while, they lost their macho. And they began to trouble Noah. And, but Noah said, be, be, be still before God. And Noah demonstrated the right attitude. I call it the rest attitude. Everybody has an attitude. My question is, do you have an attitude or do you have the right attitude? Or may I should say, have you found the rest attitude? And this was demonstrated by the way he refused to complain. Noah's rest in God produced the best of God. God said, I make a covenant with you. He said, first call him and bless them. He said, I make a covenant with you. People talk about Abraham. They don't talk about Noah. The same thing Abraham got. Noah got. But our eyes were blinded to you and your descendants after you. We need to go and investigate the descendants of Noah. 
Maybe they're the ones making money. Maybe they're the ones you're loving. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. You know what I'm saying here? This is our opportunity to come into a covenant that will reach our children as well. Help me tell somebody, say, me, I'm going to rest in God. Noah's rest in God, or rested in God, and inherited the whole earth. You don't understand what I'm saying. He came out of the ark. And the God gave him everything, any part you choose you can have. And then blessed him on top of that. Then gave him a covenant and all he did was rest in God. I'm going to leave Noah alone. But if Noah means rest, or otisoreto. I want to talk about John the Apostle. The only disciple proven in scripture who rested on Christ. In John 13 verse 23, I'm reading from the message translation of the Bible. I said one man from the Old Testament, another man from the New Testament. You will see what happened to John. Just like Noah, we underrated Noah's relationship with God. His relationship with God was very intimate. We'll see another one. Now, the message Bible, it says, one of the disciples, the one Jesus loved dearly, and we'll find out why, he was reclining against him. His head on Jesus' shoulder. This was when they were eating. When Jesus said, somebody would betray me. Everybody sat, but somebody was so intimate with the Lord, he reclined, he rested on him like this. On a dining table, put his head on his shoulder. The Amplified Version says, one of the disciples whom Jesus loved, whom he esteemed and delighted in, was reclining next to him on Jesus' bosom. The person you can rest on like that is somebody you're very close to. And the reclining, the word recline, when I checked it, means to rest, to relax, and to repose on something or somebody. It's the same word rest. So where you see recline, the word is actually rest. He was resting on Jesus. Eleven disciples, other disciples were there. Only him rested. They all followed the Lord. Now, let me fast forward a bit. Do you know that we didn't hear a lot of things John said? We see what John did. At that point in time, Peter, the one that talks a lot, told John to ask the Lord, who is it that will betray you? In verse 25. Peter didn't have the audacity. He didn't have the intimacy to ask the Lord. Say, who are you talking about? He said, John, you ask him. And John asked the Lord. And the Lord said, the one whom I deep into this thing, I give it to him. Or something like that. And that was it. Now, who are you? Are you just on the table? Or are you resting on the Lord? Now, to this John, Jesus said on the cross... Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Which means I transfer my mother to you. 
see, for a man to give you his mother. See my mom here. Mommy, help me. Mommy, this, for me to give somebody my mommy, you go try. I must really trust you. We must really be alike. Because I will only give my mommy to somebody who will treat her the way I treat her. Who will connect with her. Come on now. The way I will connect with her. It says, mother, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. To John, not to Peter. He gave his mother. The one that rested on him. It was to the same John that he gave the very revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the last Bible, last book in the Bible, that the whole of the Bible will make no sense without that one. That's the concluding chapter. He gave it to John. Not to Peter. Not to James. By the way, John was on the mouth of transfiguration. By the way, John was against man. There was no important place Jesus was. John was not there. And it was John he gave his mother to. It was John he gave the revelation to. And guess what? John was the only disciple that lived to a very old age. And he died of natural causes from very old age. Every other disciple died violently. To get the best of God, get into the rest of God. One man in the Old Testament, above every man, woman, everybody in the world, God chose Noah. His name was Rest. Jesus chose John, who was known for resting on him. Didn't talk much. Sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes you agitate too much. What is important is how you rest on God. I'll tell you a story. My daughter, my first child, Timmy, when she was like three or four years old, I mean, I've told you this story before, the mother asked me to pick her up from school. She must have been four or five, yes. And because I wasn't the one that used to pick her up, I forgot. I was a practicing lawyer then. I hope you know I'm a maritime lawyer and all that. And I was running around doing my business. So I forgot. So around, they used to close school. It's not like now, 1.30 or so. Around 4, I suddenly remembered, ah, I'm supposed to be, I loved my daughter so much, I was literally weeping in my car that how could I betray this young girl like this? Will she ever forgive me? Will she ever forget? Don't you understand what I mean? And I rushed to the school. And when I got to the school, my daughter was on the swing. I said, my daddy's there, my daddy's there. And just grabbed her back and jumped on me. And I looked at her and I said, wouldn't you berate me? Wouldn't you say, what do you think you were doing? She was kissing me and said, I told them my daddy will come. I told them my daddy will come. I told them my daddy will come. Hey, my daddy's here. I said, what? You know, I was going like this. She was pulling my hand, turning me around. So the assistant head teacher, whom the owner of the school left behind to stay with her, said, sir, I have never seen this kind of thing before. That the owner of the school said, bring her to my house and I will call the parents and they'll come and pick her. My daughter said no. Take her to this place. She said no. He said, my daddy will come. 
They said to her, supposing he doesn't come till night. No, he will come. I came three hours later. She didn't lose her joy. She didn't lose her vibrancy. She didn't question me. She was so excited. She wrapped herself around me, put her arm around me, put her bag on my shoulder, and was not listening to what the head teacher, assistant head teacher, was saying to me at all. You can tell from the way I'm saying it. You can see in my eyes that that encounter, I can never forget. She rested in me so much. I felt as tall as a 25-story building. Till today, when I remember that, ask me something, see whether I won't do it. Anybody, any child can unlock me and trust me so much and rest on me so much, can't go wrong with me. I am just like God the Father. This is what Noah did. And he challenged God. I can put you in an ark, supposedly for 40 days and 40 nights, and keep you there for one year. And after one year, another one month. And after the place died, I didn't speak to you. You still rested in me. Ask me what you like. And see whether I won't do it for you. John didn't care whether it was Gethsemane. He didn't care whether it was transfiguration. He may not have any revelation, but he just loved to be with the Lord and rested on him. Some people may have said, maybe you're uh, homosexual. Maybe you're bisexual. It doesn't matter. Just rest on the Lord. Let, let them talk. Let them run around. He, went, he did what mattered. And when he was on the cross, Jesus says, you are different from them. I will prove it to you. I will give you my mother. That was the only biological relationship Jesus had. Joseph had nothing to do with his birth. He was in his mother's belly. And he gave the only biological relationship that was important to him to the one who rested on him. I'm preaching volumes today. He that had an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. If I am a father and my daughter separates herself from the rest, because I'm not sure what the rest will have said. She didn't lose her beat. She didn't lose her joy. She welcomed with a smile. She was still dancing and she was still happy, despite the fact that I was so late for a four or five year old girl, because she rested on who I was. The message about resting in God is to rest on who God is really is. No matter the circumstances. No matter whether 40 days has come. No matter when he says build an ark in the middle of the desert. You rest not in the ark. You rest in God who assigned you to the ark. What are you talking about? Listen, if somebody loves you like that. If somebody trusts you like that. If somebody rests on you like that. In front of everybody you must be a very bad person if you don't honor the person. God told Noah I will make my covenant with you and your descendants. No wonder he chose Noah above everybody else. Let me read Hebrews 11 verse 7, the message Bible to you. Hebrews 11 verse 7, listen to this, this is very important. Now, God is now talking about Noah in the hall of fame. I hope you know that Hebrews 11 is God's hall of fame, the who is who. May my name and your name make it there in Jesus name. He said, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry ground. Can God tell you to do something that's never been done before? 
Some people say, hey, but nobody has done this before. Behold, I will do anything, says the Lord. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry ground. He was warned about something he couldn't even see and he acted on what he was told because he rested on the person who told him so. What the result? His family was saved. May our family be saved in Jesus' name. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. Read with me the last sentence. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. If you see me and my daughter, if you see the way I play with her, that act, every time I remember, just makes me want to hug her. Have you done something that makes God's head spark like that? Trust me so much. Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. That's able to save to the uttermost. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. I have made up my mind. I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be intimate with God. See, you can jump out at 40 days. I'm going to stay the course. I ain't going nowhere until the Lord says it's time to go. You can buy me a nice car. I'm not even going to start the engine until it says you can start the engine. Because just because you own it doesn't mean you can use it yet. Resting in God brings you into intimacy in God. And that's why whilst I was away, I hope some of you read my post on the church chat ch- ch- group. I, I did hashtag rest confidently in God. Did you see that one? Hashtag rest confidently in God. Hashtag rest assured. Rest assured in God. Why? Because stress knocks out your rest. What did I say? Stress knocks out your rest. (laughs) But rest is the antidote to stress and distress. Rest is the antidote to stress and distress. Whilst stress knocks out your rest. Be careful. To rest in God, honestly, is to avert distress, ultimately. Now, let me read Proverbs 37 verse 8 to you. I read from the New International Version of the Bible. Proverbs 37 verse 8. It says, do not fret. It only leads to evil. The opposite of rest is to fret. I'll say that again. The opposite of rest is to fret. So, the Bible says, do not fret, it only leads to what? Evil. Evil in the sight of God. Just because things are not going your way, you fret. The raven didn't come back, or came back, no good news. You go to plan B. Meanwhile, God is not done with you. I wonder how many people have missed God completely. Because you cannot rest in God. The cross winds were blowing the ark, the man stayed. The ground dried. He stayed in the ark because the person that, in fact, the Bible says he went to the ark and God shot him into the ark. The Bible says he removed the covering, but he stayed until God said go. There's something about people that rest. Even when your staff rests in you, why do you, you know what I'm talking about? The staff that whatever you say, they will wait. My MD is coming. This is what he said. Everybody will go home. Somebody will not go. Everybody will resign. Somebody will not resign. You know what I'm talking about. 
When it's time to bless, what do you do? You bless the person, good measure, press down, shaking together and run over. May that be yours and mine too in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about rest. I said rest is not dormancy. Rest is not laziness. Rest is not this nonsense that Christians do. They're not productive. No, no. Rest is not an action. It is an attitude. It is an attitude. It's an attitude. What is an attitude? An attitude is a position taken based on knowledge, based on faith, based on trust, with an end game in mind. I'm going to say that again. I said rest is not about sleeping. Some people are looking for, uh, looking for, to quote me to say, uh, it doesn't matter, we're resting at home, we won't go to work. No, 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 no. I went the field of a lazy man and was overgrown. No, no, no. Rest is an attitude. The attitude, an attitude is a position, listen to me, that is taken based on knowledge of God, of what he wants. Based on faith in God. Based on trust with an end game in mind. All the time Noah was trusting in God. He was expecting something to happen. <laughs> Listen, this thing we're talking about, the attitude, it's a spiritual, psychological, emotional, and physical position that you take deliberately. People will not agree with you. Some people will go. Some people will talk. You see, John just didn't change. Look at the result. He lived to be probably 150 years old. Everybody else was killed. He died of natural causes. In fact, the Bible historian says, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was staying in his house till she died. He kept the gifts as an attestation of the one that really pleased the Lord. May that be my portion and your portion in Jesus' name. So, rest is an attitude. I want you to bring my slide of the right attitude up. Rest is an attitude. I said it's an attitude. An attitude is a position taken based on knowledge, faith, trust with an end game in mind. It's a spiritual, psychological, emotional, and physical position taken deliberately. Oh, please help me. Please help me. What I have on the slide... I said, rest is an attitude. I have the image of a man standing like this. The ark, 40 days, were well, not out of it. One year, okay, that's it. He's just standing there. It's an attitude of confidence in something others cannot see. Assurance in principles others don't want to believe. A calmness, I said at the beginning, it's a calmness that uh, is based on patient expectation. You see, when you see somebody do this, he knows something or he knows somebody. A calmness, everybody is threatened. Everybody say, why are you still waiting? They told my daughter, come into the car. Mm -mm. She was calm with a patient expectation that I know my father. 
He may have forgotten for a while, but he's going to sit down here and make it up to me. It's an attitude. What is your attitude? Complaining? Joining other people? Jumping out of the ark? Resting is an attitude. It's a winning attitude. It is what impresses a father. The one my daughter did impressed me. I have learned this thing. Oh, I am learning this thing because it does not come naturally. Let me tell you something about the attitude. The attitude is going to be challenged. For instance, if you don't have money and God says, I will be your provider. When you take this posture and your daughter tells you, I saw the landlord's car two streets away. What happens to that attitude? That information will say, change your attitude. Get under the bed. Say, I'm not at home. Why are you laughing? Is it true or not? But it takes somebody who is really rested to remain in that posture. The man may get to the next street, gets a phone call, and doesn't come back again. By the time he comes back, you will ask him, how much is the house? Can I buy the house from you? Glory to God. If you want to clap for the real God, you, you can't do it like that. The God to whom nothing shall be impossible. The one that does exceedingly abundantly above what we can think and ask. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now I want to try. I'm just opening this message. Obedience is something. Resting in God is something else. God is saying, I'm so impressed with people that rest in God. I just can't get them out of my mind. Noah showed up in the hall of fame. Noah inherited the whole earth. God didn't demarcate. Listen to Adam. He had only the garden. Noah had everything. If a man gives you his mother, he has given you everything. That was John. Are you learning something here? Now, how are we going to do this? Okay, let me read this scripture to you. How do we rest in God? We don't rest in God by sight. You will miss it. You rest in God by faith. By faith in whom you have believed in. I want to read Hebrews 4. This main scripture about rest that's talking about this promise. I'm going to read from the TPT and I hope multimedia you're going to help me. I'm going to read um, verse 4, 1, 3a, 6, 9, and 11. Just follow me. It says, Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into the realm of resting in confident faith. God has offered it to us. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. Verse 3a says, For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Verse 6 says, Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. 
Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of that promise. Can I hear amen? Verse 9 says, so we conclude, (laughs) so we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. I am going to be one of them. You are going to be one of them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says, so then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. We must give our all. We must wrestle on Wednesday to enter into that rest. Look at your life. Are you rested? In fact, what is it around you that is helping you to rest? Have you noticed that most things are designed to make you restless? Is it not true? Check it now. In your family, at work, the news, almost everything on earth now. And it's going to get worse. That's the prophecy of the end times. So you may as well learn how to get into the rest of God. I want to say to you, question you want to ask me, Pastor, how do we get into this rest? The rest that one phone call can scatter your rest. Is it not true or not? One child will just misbehave. They call you and say, Ah! Pastor, one thing, one investment just goes wrong. Bam! That's it. Matthew 11 verse 29 Jesus says verse 28 says, come unto me all you labor and heavy living and I will what? Give you rest. Then in verse 28 it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. How? By learning from me. This means rest isn't what you just take up or pick up. Rest is something you have to learn. It's not claim it and receive it. It's not profess it and get it. No, 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 no. Jesus says, come and learn from me and that's the way you'll find rest for your souls. So it is not something you can get like this. It's a process. Learning is a process. That's why this cannot be a sermon. It is a series. And the Lord will take us from glory to glory in Jesus' name. The New Living Translation says the same thing. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Let me teach you. Help me look at three people and tell them, let the Lord teach you how to rest in God. Stop running around the place. Stop taking decisions by yourself. Let the Lord teach you. It says, it says, let me teach you. The word lets me. Somebody help me. When the Lord says, let me, what does that talk about? What, what does it address in our lives? Let me t- teach you. Huh? No, no. What does it address? If the Lord God says, let me teach you, it means that normally... You know, they agree, learn. Normally, me, myself, and I, you take the decision, you run over the place, you think you know everything. No, no. Let me teach you. Help me tell a few people, say, let him teach you. So that you'll find rest for your soul. The Lord is saying, allow me to teach you. 
Because this kind of thing does not come naturally. It's a whole new ball game. I want to read Psalm 91 verse 1. It will surprise you. This resting God, it's big. The New Living Translation says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This is one of the ways how. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. The NIV says, Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It talks about a choice. It talks about a deliberate position. It's a stance. It doesn't matter the crosswinds. It doesn't matter who is with you, who is not with you. You've got to stand. Bible says, haven't done all to stand. Stand assured in God. Stand trusting God that if he said this water will subside, it will subside. Glory to God. I, I really don't know what more to say. The AMPC says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable. Hello? Shall remain what? Stable and fixed. Under the shadow of the mouth. He's talking about stable and fixed. Don't change your posture for anybody. Don't change your posture if the fire is burning. The three Hebrew children, they said, we'll put you in the fire. They said, we know God is able to save us. And even if he will not, I ain't changing my rest posture. Look at what happened. The fourth man showed up. He didn't show up when they were threatening them. He didn't show up when they were taking them. Listen, you need to maintain your posture to the end. The Bible says, even Nebuchadnezzar, who thought he was all that, said, I can see four men, even though we put three men into the fire. God is going to show up for somebody. They shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him, come on now, I lean. On him, I rely. And in him, I confidently trust. That is the basis of my rest position. When you really trust in God, people will not understand you. Everybody is threatened, you are just looking at them. I have never, I don't think I've ever been out of church for two Sundays back to back. 20 something years. I chose to rest in God. Four weeks, no shaking. I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't call my friends. No shaking. I was rested. Will you rest in God? You know, you're running all over the place. Is that what's going to solve the problem? The NIV says, Psalm 62, verse 1 to 2. Listen to this. Listen to this. Or read with me. My soul. No, no, you're you're not doing this. Come on now, wake up, wake up. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Listen, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. 
tell two or three people, say, I will never be shaken. I'm just like the three Hebrew children. Threats, make all the threats you want to make. Fire up the furnace, all you want to fire up. I will never be shaken. Ah, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. I'm almost done for today. Now, listen to this. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, the message Bible says, don't fret. Tell somebody, say, don't fret. Tell the person, I know somebody is saying something, but tell the person, say, don't fret. He said, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. He says, before you know it. Hey, something is going to happen. He said, before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Listen to this. It says it is wonderful what happens. Because something wonderful is going to happen. It is wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It is wonderful what happens when you maintain your rest posture. By choice, like the three Hebrew children. Some people say, beg Nebuchadnezzar, bow down to the image, negotiate. They just held their posture. Say, even if God will not tell me to come out of this land, I will not change. And the fourth man showed up. The living Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let God Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Listen to verse 7, very important. If you do this, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Read with me. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. He says, my peace I give you. What are you doing with that peace? If it doesn't change your posture. You know, even your enemy is afraid of you when you posture like this. You don't have a gun. You're looking at somebody that has a gun like this. He will say, why are you looking cool? Are you not afraid of me? Because he that keepeth Israel never sleeps, not slumber. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Where is your applause for the Lord this day? His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Good, the good news version of the Bible, Psalm 23 verses 1 to 2, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to rest. Say, his promises maketh me to rest. His, his faithfulness maketh me to rest in green pasture. Come on now. I want to close with one last scripture. Psalm 116 verse 7. This one is not me talking to you. This one is not you talking to me. This is me talking to myself. This is you talking to yourself. Let's read it. 
Return to you your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet and say it again. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. The Lord has shown us the example in the Old Testament, Noah. The Lord has shown us the example in the New Testament, John. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. I want you to bow your heads in prayer. I want to make a call this morning. If you are in church this morning, And the word that you heard today has really touched you. It's as if I have been speaking to only you. I want you to come out here. And say, Lord, thank you. You're coming out here and say, thank you. I needed to hear about the rest. Because I have been restless. I want you to come quickly. I want to pray with you. You're coming and say, thank you, Lord. I understand the solution to this ongoing problem. It has been, it has been one thing after the other. No peace, no rest. You're coming out and say, Lord, thank you because you singled me out. My mascara, my clothes, my perfume cannot hide the reality of the troubles. I have had no rest. It's been turmoil. I want you to lift up your hand. Just wave it to him. Say, Lord, thank you. It is proof that you never forsake me. You never forget me. Thank you for now teaching me how to get into the rest so that I can come into the best of God. As, as, as you're saying this prayer and thanking God, I want to make a call. Is there somebody here that you've heard about Jesus, but you've never heard about Jesus being the one whom you can rest in against all odds. And for that reason, he's the one because you trust in him, because you rest in him. He gives you the best of himself, which outclasses anything else you could ever have thought. Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly about what we even think or ask. And today you're saying, I want to know this Jesus in this particular way. Not just my Savior. The one that I can rest in against all odds. The one that will come and calm the storms. I know you're here this morning. It's either you want to give your life to Christ or you now want to rededicate your life because you have given up on the Lord. You don't even know whether this thing works. I want you to come out here quickly. I want you to come right here on the altar. I want to pray with you. Come quickly. I want to pray with you. Something new is started. A new dispensation, a new season. You want to rededicate your life or you want to give your life. You know that I'm talking about you. One of the ways you rest in God is to respond everything that God told Noah he did. I believe that you made the right choice. Father, I want to thank you for 
my brothers and sisters here. Nothing is new under the sun. As they have come to lift up their hand to say thank you for sending the word of rest so that they can get into the best of God. Father, let them be in the forefront of this new thing that you're doing. Let this revelation revolutionize their lives. In the place of agitation and trepidation, sleeplessness, let them sleep. Bible says he giveth his beloved sleep and sleep like a baby. And awaken unto newness of everything in the way it ought to have been in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you because as they have come out today, they will return with their testimony. We give you praise, we give you glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you go back, tonight you are going to sleep. When Adam was asleep was when God made the dream that he wanted. Eve, whilst you sleep, your sleep will be sweet. When you wake up, what you saw when you slept is not what you will see when you wake up. Good news will be waiting for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me celebrate the Lord this morning. You may go back to your seat. I said help me celebrate the Lord. On Wednesday, it's Warfare Wednesday, we're going to be wrestling for the rest. I said this rest is not something you pick up. Let me tell you, everything you heard now is going to be challenged as soon as you leave church. Please don't feel disappointed that your rest posture, you lose it once or twice before the end of the day. I'm just letting you know. I know you're feeling strong. I know you think you've got it. But listen, this thing is not touch and go. It's a process. So, I want you to know that on Wednesday, you need to be here. We're going to wrestle to get into the rest of God. The Satan is not going to carry his unrest away. You've got to fight to get into the rest of God. And you've got to fight to retain it. Because news, your phone will challenge it. People around you, many things will come. But your posture must be maintained because that's what will provoke God to give you the best. So on Wednesday, there are questions we're going to address. The things you need to do in order for you to be able to embrace the rest of God, there are things you need to do. There isn't enough time for that today. And the, what about the things you need to let go of so that you can embrace the rest of God? There are some things that if you don't let go of them, you cannot embrace the rest of God. It's either or. On Wednesday, those things are going to be dealt with and we're going to pray and we're going to battle and give Satan his trouble. Can you say amen to that? You give Satan his struggle back. You give Satan his trepidation. You give it back to him and we'll receive the rest of God. The Bible says, if you will learn from me, you will find rest for your soul. Is there somebody glad to have come to church today? Help me give praise to God. Help me give praise to God. For those of you that never used to come on Wednesdays, <laughs> adjust your calendar. I'm not sure it's enough to do online this time. You either stay where you are or you come into the rest of God. It is going to be a battle. And Satan is ready for the battle. But God is going to help us. We're going to have the victory.